This, 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 this is mythical. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans, they've got you covered. Heck yeah, they do. Their products come in a variety of amazing colors, from classic black and white to pinks, greens, yellows, and blues. And the best part, Nicole... Everything's non-toxic. Josh, I've been in the market for a kettle for months. Yeah, I've heard I've, you talk about it a weird amount. Yeah, I've bought like a bunch, returned a bunch, but I just got my hands on the Great Jones Fellow Kettle collab, and I got it in the color broccoli, and I'm so excited to make artisanal teas and coffees. I'm trying to get on my coffee game right now, and I'm mm. so excited to use a gooseneck kettle. We have no idea. I'm excited to use their yellow hot dish, a.k.a. casserole dish. Shout out to Minnesota and Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, but right. I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, I'm an adult. I should have nice vessels to serve food out of sure, instead of just serving it on like stainless steel restaurant style things. And I like it. It's cute. It's got a good design. Bakes really well. Holds heat. I'm in, baby. And once you try Great Jones, you'll want to share it with friends. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SANDWICH. That's greatjones.com, promo code SANDWICH. At the start of every new year, about half of Americans say they want to lose weight, despite the overwhelming evidence that dieters regain in the long term. Today, we ask the question, do New Year's resolution diets really work? This is a hot dog as a sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Ayer. And I'm your host, Nicole Anaiti. And today we are very excited to be joined by Casey Johnston. Casey's a writer, editor, and a lifter of very heavy weights. Since 2016, she's been writing the column Ask a Swole Woman, published by The Hairpin, Vice, and Self, and she currently authors an incredibly lovely and insightful Substack newsletter called She's a Beast. Welcome, Casey. Hello, Casey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, again, I am a personal fan of Ask a Swole Woman. <laughs> I, See, that's why I had to move away from that name. No one, including me, can say it. It's tough. And ask a well, swole woman, ask a swole woman, ask a swole woman, ask a swole woman, ask a swole woman. I did it. Wow, Nicole, you're better than all of us. Congratulations. <laughs> you win. You win. Uh, but now the the official name of the Substack newsletter is She's a Beast, a newsletter by a swole woman. Yeah, it's a swole woman's newsletter. This <laughs> all went very off the cuff, so I'm like, any combination of those words, I feel I feel fine about. It makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but as I said, you know, I, I'm a personal fan. I read the newsletter uh, every week. And what I love about the way that you communicate about diet and exercise is that it, it brings more people in mm -hmm. as opposed to keeping people out, which, Very you know, true. I grew up on the worst place on the internet, the bodybuilding.com forums. Wow. Yeah. Nicole, oh, I was in the trenches. Oh, I was oh. in the trenches. Mm -hmm. People like, if you eat fruit, you're ruining your diet. <laughs> you need to take these nine kinds of creatine. Also, here's some radical right politics. Uh -huh. uh, and so that was great <laughs> for a 15 year old. Uh, but no, you speak about diet and exercise in such uh, an empathetic way that takes into account mental health. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's something I really appreciate. And I think something that our listeners would really appreciate as we Absolutely. hurdle into the new year where 48% of people consistently year in and year out say they want to lose weight. Yes. I mean, I think, I mean, how do I follow that up? I, I really try <laughs> to um, think about what 
brought me into like I lift I lift weights, but it was a long journey to getting to lift weights. I think you, Josh, you just said you uh, started lifting weights. I think you you played sports in high school. I think I've read uh, that involved yeah, high school. being in a weight room and you were doing mm-hmm. lots of stuff like basically from when you were a child. Yeah, correct? I mean, since I was like tw- twelve years old, mm-hmm. it was like here's here's a bench press, uh, figure it out, and so I've been lifting consistently for like seventeen years, which is weird That's to think crazy. about. That's a long time. So yeah, I've only been lifting weights for like seven years. I came to it pretty late, even though I played sports in high school and like theoretically, I think should have been doing some strength training back then. Like I look back now and I'm like, I would have been way better at these sports if I had gotten into strength training. But they didn't really do that for girls. They had do- us doing lots of like intensity intervals like I don't think we did burpees but like push-ups and crunches and stuff Mm. like that and it was just it was miserable but also I don't think helped us very much at our sport I would say yeah what what sport if I can ask uh this was I played field hockey in the fall and then lacrosse in the spring and I did a little bit of swimming too so um all stuff that would have really been helped by some upper body strength, I would say. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> but yeah, I started off being a runner and like really focused on weight loss and really focused on dieting and just like if I can just be smaller and smaller and smaller, I'll be happier and happier and happier. But mm-hmm. it was like sort of going the opposite. But I also didn't know what else to do with mm. my body like or working out like those things that, that Venn diagram of working out and dieting and losing weight were like a circle. And then when I finally found the right sort of way into strength training, I was like, oh, these things are like a positive feedback loop and build on each other instead of just various guilt cycles of breaking myself down with exercise and dieting. So now I try to sort of espouse that worldview to everybody. And I think overall, I think lots of of different kinds of exercise can work for everybody, but Strength training has a particularly good kind of lifestyle element to it that I really attach mm. to. I think not enough people know about or give a chance, especially women. So mm. that's what I'm about now. Yeah, it's really interesting. The the thing you talked about with the guilt cycle in becoming like more miserable. Sure. You had this idea in your head of like, I want to lose weight. And the way to lose weight is to run and starve myself. And that will lead to happiness. Mm. And I think it's something that a lot of people overthink. They think that the losing of the weight is what leads to happiness. Whereas if you could just skip the losing weight part and go straight to how do I make myself happy, right? (laughs) It's like you think you need to go from A to B to get to C. And it's like, there's a way to go from A to C while not hitting that just really crappy guilt cycle at all. So, I mean, like, how did you kind of find that sense of happiness and self-esteem through the powerlifting? It, It kind of helped that I went to the sort of the very bottom of that hole of like where the happiness should have ostensibly been and sure. looked and looked, couldn't find couldn't Sometimes find you have an empty anywhere. happiness hole. It happens. The <laughs> happiness hole is just empty when you reach in sometimes. Sometimes you know? the happiness pit, when you get to the very bottom, turns out to be empty or there's no, you know, whatever treasure is supposed to be at the bottom. It's not there. That was a semi-revelatory experience for me. But then as I continued doing strength training, eventually you get to phases where um, you can't build any more strength unless you start to deliberately gain weight because you can't build muscle beyond a certain point unless you also gain some body fat. That was very scary for me. But once I did that, I was like, I feel better and feel better about myself than I ever have in my entire life. Like I feel, I feel amazing and I feel like I look amazing. And that's like, but the previous version of me would not have thought that. And that just revealed to me, like these things are not the way you look and like how you feel or how you feel about yourself are not as connected as 
we are made to believe by all of the fitness and diet products out there that are like, if you just lose weight, like the happiness that you seek is just on the other side of that, like Mm -hmm. 10 pounds or 20 pounds or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But I mean, it's crazy because it seems like, you know, um, body positivity, body neutrality, uh, body acceptance, whatever you want to call it. It seems like it's coming more and more to the forefront of what people are talking about these days. Um, However, the number of people that respond, they want to lose weight in the new year it just stays consistent. I mean, what what is the sort of work you think we like actually need to do to eventually get people to drop one the correlation between health and body weight and two the correlation between happiness and body weight? It's really really hard because it is so much about not our own behaviors. One it's not our own behaviors because it's like the way that we're marketed to are, is so mm-hmm. incredibly aggressive. It's like we can't really control that and it's very hard to overcome just like with mental fortitude. And then what was the other point I was going to make? I'm completely blanking. What was the question? Something about uh, correlation between health. I have this really awesome habit as a person where I ask nine questions in one question. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's super great. Well, uh, I, did, I did truly have, I think it was a fairly simple question. I just like made up a two-part answer and then immediately forgot the second part. But I think it's it's something like, I think there is a correlation between like, we feel, a lot of people feel bad in their bodies, like- even just physically speaking, we like feel in pain. Like I've I've had peers with back pain for several years now. Like when I was in my late 20s, I would have my friends complaining of back pain. And it was just like, this is absolutely uh, mental to borrow a term from British people. It's like <laughs> you there's there's no realm in which somebody who's only 28 years old should be in pain because they, you know, I, it's because they're sitting too much, I think, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But um we also just feel bad <laughs> and we want to feel a little bit better. And the weight loss industrial complex has done a very good job of sort of in- interpolating, like binding those things up together when these things can be completely separate, like the way that we eat and the way that we move. The fact that we move does not have to be about weight loss. Yeah. No, 100%. I mean, that that's something that, you know, I, I work out every day. It um, has taken me a while to sort of figure out what I actually want to get from exercise because, you know, I, I did sports in college. I was a hammer thrower, which is, uh, I don't that's know if really a lot of people sick. on the podcast know. It was really sick. And so much of it was, you know, the big three power lifts and Olympic lifting and then occasional plyometric type exercises. But it was all, you know, how fast can you move one weight one time? That was my entire training. Uh, and, you know, I was like a, at a body weight of 270 pounds, deadlifting like 565, and my body hurt all the time. And then I got out of that sport and I was in the real regular world. And I was like, how do I interact with food and exercise now? And so I'd go to the 24 hour fitness and I'd go, you know, front squat 400 pounds one time and then be like, why? Why am I doing this? Uh, and so it, it took a while for me to get to the point where I realized that. It's not the results that I'm actually after, right? The process is the result, Mm -hmm. is a kind of mantra that I've been saying in my head. Like, I I work out for the sake of working out because I know that makes me feel good, and it's not how I look in the mirror afterwards. You know, it's like the working out is the thing that makes you feel good, not the result that you get from it. Yes. And I think there's also a mindset, too, where, like, when we are saying these things, when we're like, oh, it's not about the weight. Like, I would have heard this when I was 25 Mm -hmm. as, like, oh, A – you are already attractive as a person. So it's like not fair of you to tell me it's not about how I look, whatever. Yeah. Um, but also 
I think we have a kind of fundamental misunderstanding as well of like, I think this is going to be really big in the next like 10 years. We're starting to get there. But the idea of sort of body composition and muscle versus Mm -hmm. body weight as a metric, like we're already on the page of body weight is not super great. I think even somebody who wants to quote unquote lose weight might know that, that like Mm -hmm. BMI doesn't tell the whole story and like. Um, people of different body weights can look all different ways in large part because of muscle mass. So I do think (laughs) while it's obviously my extreme prerogative because I love lifting so much, I do think that a lot of people who are after weight loss are not actually really after losing weight per se. They're not after Mm -hmm. making the scale number go down because Mm -hmm. that's, it's not, it's not even really what they need in terms of health. If you're looking to like lose 10 or 20 pounds you probably don't need to lose that for your health you're just like i mean we always hear for aesthetic you should lose you know lose 10 percent of your weight and you'll like be more healthy but i think that's also really flawed Mm -hmm. um but i think we're going to get to a point where we realize if that's like the sort of goal that you've had in mind while we've been so focused on weight loss what you actually want is not a change in your body weight you want a change in your body composition you probably want more muscle, which we've been taught to fear for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And then as a product of building muscle, you can lose body fat at the same time. This is like people are talking more and more about this in a way that's, I think, positive because it reinforces the idea of thinking of your body <laughs> as needing these habits of exercise and like exercise being good and integral to how we live versus it being a torture mechanism for mm-hmm making the number on the scale go down. Yeah. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Nicole, what, what's your relationship to, to, to I mean, okay. Did, I don't have a relationship. Did I make this up though? Didn't you like Peloton with my brother? Like, like maybe once. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> my question is like, again, the prompt is do New Year's resolution diets really work? Yes. And like. That's the question I'm trying to answer. We, should, we have and to get back on topic yeah. here. We'll I get back think, on topic. I don't think, I personally don't think they do. I I mean, with my... Have you ever done it? Like, have you no, ever, do you set New Year's resolutions? I've never, I mean, like, I write like a mood board. Like, I make a mood board <laughs> and I share it, like, with a group of my girlfriends. I'm like, this is on my mood board. And then I kind of, like, explain, like, what my dreams and, like, goals are for the year. But I kind of forget them when March comes around. I'm yeah, not going to lie. That's, that's a general imperative. Yeah. And and the same goes like every – of course, I've written like be healthier or lose 15 pounds before X date. But that never really happens. 
And I don't know if it's just a personal thing or if it's just like a universal thing. It's just I just don't think they're legitimate. Yeah. No, I mean, I I, I think January 1st is a is a weird marker to set. Like, I'm going to be skinny now. Yeah, I, I think anytime you're you're trying to put something out in the future and saying, like, I will be a quote unquote better person on this date, it's just setting you up for failure. Like, in my opinion, I think sure. statistics would generally back up the fact that they don't quote unquote work. But I, my question for Casey is, like, one, what is a diet? And two, what does it mean for a diet mm-hmm. to work? True. Right. Because the term diet, it's become, I mean, literally, um, uh, yo, I'm new to like the internet. I don't know if uh, trigger warnings abound, I suppose. But anytime the term diet is used, people assume it in a negative way. They think of the keto diet, the Atkins diet, diets. But when you just say, my diet is eating three mini gingerbread Kit Kats because those freaking Did you roll. have one today? Dude, yeah. I I've been eating them for today. breakfast. They roll. They're in the Good office. Morning. And that's a part of my diet. <laughs> it's something I don't track calories. I don't track macros. Yeah. I try and eat 200 grams of protein a day. Yeah. My diet is mini Kit Kats because they roll and they make me happy. <laughs> and that gives me energy throughout the day. But Casey, what is a diet and what does it mean for a diet to quote unquote work? Yeah. I mean, a diet can be a diet is just like, I think the etymology of the word diet which is is something along the lines of like what we eat in a day it's Mm -hmm. not it's not necessarily about even changing your body weight generally it's just what you eat um so if we were talking more specifically about a weight loss diet which is what most people are um who have a goal of weight loss are trying to do around new year's do they work I mean, I hate to get too philosophical, but also this do is it, kind please. of this my is the point. philosophical Casey, here. do it. That's the point. <laughs> Which is that, like, it's like, what does work mean? You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. if if you're if you have a specific goal of like, I want to lose ten pounds, then the diet working would mean you lose ten pounds. But are you going to be happy if you lose the ten pounds and then gain the ten pounds back? Because like a diet that just only makes you lose 10 pounds in a set amount of time is not going to make you like not weigh 10 pounds less forever. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we, I think we have a real, not we, like the promises of the industry have a real issue in terms of the disconnect between a sort of event versus a lifestyle. And I think Mm -hmm. we're all on the page of it's like lifestyle habits are very hard to change, but at the same time, we can't really do these like event based, I'm going to lose 10 pounds and then continue to weigh 10 pounds less forever. Often with the same, you can't do that with the same way that you lost the 10 pounds Mm. in the first place. Very rarely like does that, is that something you want to continue to do for the rest of your life? You might eat like, I don't know, you might eat keto for like two months and be like, okay, I lost my 10 pounds. I want to stop eating keto. But then you're probably going to gain the 10 pounds back, which is totally fine. But there's a disconnect between (laughs) between these two things. And I think that's often when we talk about whether diets are working or not, we're not fully accounting for the difference there. Yeah. I mean, when it when I heard you say that, like to me, uh, a New Year's resolution, like it's like a checklist. And then it's like marking off the checklist. But do you erase your check mark once you like, yeah, yeah. like unaccomplish your goal? That's like one of the questions. You're like, I lost ten pounds. Done off the list. Then whatever happens <laughs> from there, later, screw it, and then like, you're back. Yeah. yeah, right. It's like 
Yeah. And then did that make you happier in the long run? Which again, this is the the goal in yeah. all of life is just to keep your serotonin, dopamine levels, whatever above the threshold, above the threshold to where you still want to keep living. It's just <laughs> happiness is the end goal of anything that we do. We think if we're more successful in our jobs, it will make us happier. A lot of people sure. just work themselves to death and it sucks. They messed up. A lot of people think losing weight will make you happier. They lose weight, they're miserable. Hell, I I I have this terrible thing where I try and act like I'm above it all, and then I read <laughs> one YouTube comment and I change my entire lifestyle. Yeah. Like I uh, during during the pandemic, uh, oh, Jesus, it's still the pandemic. What the hell am I talking about? During the first three months of lockdown, when things were you know hairier than ever, we were out of the studio. I just went full like Spartan on my diet. Where I was like, this is the one thing I can control. I know it's not healthy mentally, but like I'm just going to eat, quote unquote, clean as possible Mm -hmm. and run every day because I didn't have access to a gym. Uh, And I lost like 10 pounds, got super lean. And then one YouTube comment said, Josh is down to JV muscle mass. Wow. And I said, I'll I'll show you JV. I'm varsity, bro. And then I gained 20 pounds and started just an eight month period of bulking where I just got really strong again. Um, And so I'm so reactive to all this Mm -hmm. and none of it ever made me happier (laughs) or I'd say even less happy. It's almost just neutral uh, and purely reactive to the YouTube commenters. So shout out to them out there for just (laughs) be nice on YouTube. Pinocchioing me like I know you're affecting you're affecting his life quite a lot. YouTube commenters. (laughs) I think you should reel it in. Talk about on his podcast. No or just (laughs) or just comment aggressively nice things. Just be like wow Josh you're doing great. Uh, You deserve (laughs) happiness today. I'll be like yeah you're damn right I deserve (laughs) happiness. Um, But uh, no so I mean I guess people use the phrase like diets don't work because 95% of people will eventually gain them back. We've seen all the studies after like the biggest loser, right? The show where people just go even harder. And there's like a scientific basis to that too, right? When people diet, your metabolism is physically slowing. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas if you're say weightlifting, gaining more muscle, you are likely increasing your metabolic rate. Right. Yes. It's definitely, it's along those lines where I think if you, if you diet very aggressively, you will lose body fat, but you will also lose muscle, which is what helps keep it supports a lot of our biological processes. But one of the things it does is like keep our metabolism high. So when you diet aggressively losing fat and muscle, a lot of times you'll rebound, you'll regain a lot of that weight as body fat. You'll diet again, lose body fat and muscle. So it becomes this way of shaving away your muscle mass that you need in order to, if you wanted to maintain a a lower body weight, you would (laughs) need that muscle mass. But we're often losing weight in this way that is not protective of our muscle. Um, Keeping protein high helps. Uh, Lifting weights helps even more (laughs) than that. It'll, it's, you can, and you can, I think I already said, lose body fat and gain muscle at the same time, especially if you're new to lifting weights. Um, But often when we're dieting, we're so focused on making the number on the scale go down that we're trading away a lot of that muscle mass that we really need in order to keep our weight or keep our keep our bodies healthy, really. Yeah, 100%. I, it's funny, you know, you mentioned um, a lot of, especially women will say that they don't want to lift weights because it will make them bulky. That is just a got decades old refrain. I'd even heard it. From, <laughs> I'd even heard it from dudes before. I have before. one thing to say about that. So I did Krav Maga for about a year. <laughs> Hell yeah. I did Krav Maga bag classes and I would also lift weights and I would walk into a room shoulders first. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like I would literally like, like, I, like the way I walked changed. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, you're I, a like, badass. Yeah, that no, sounds amazing. <laughs> no, 
I want to come into the room like a little mouse. <laughs> oh, let's let's break that <laughs> down. I mean, honestly. yeah, no, I didn't I didn't like it. Like the way that I was standing and the way I mean. I have scoliosis, so my posture is already <laughs> garbage. So I was like, kind of like walk, like I was just very like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm showing you guys. I can't really verbalize it, but I would come in and I would walk like large. <laughs> but I mean, I did, did that make you like feel bad? Like I was larger than I was. Yeah, of course I did. I, I don't. Was, what like, do you mean? Of course, want, I don't know. I Everybody like, has don't different wanna, goals. I was like, I don't want to come into a room looking quote unquote masculine like I felt like my walk was uh. more masculine when I would walk into a room and I didn't like that I wanted to be like uh, I, I like tried it and I loved it but I was like I don't like this and then my mom was like you're walking different and then my sister's like why are you walking like that and I'm like I don't know this is just my stance now wow I can't even picture this different walk this is wild <laughs> like like Oh. I, I wish I could show you. I wish I could stand up and show you. But literally, mm-hmm. I would walk in and like like my chest was puffed out. My shoulders were down, but I would like swing them. No, I know the exact weird. walk. I know, you know the exact walk. You, no, no, about? it's um, it's called it's called the invisible lats walk. Is it? That okay. dudes, <laughs> dudes at twenty four hour fitness who kind of their their chest is puffed out. Okay. And they're kind of weird. waddling like a penguin, as if their lats are so big that their that their arms can't physically get to their sides. Oh. That's the walk that you had, dude. You had the invisible lats walk. Yeah, and like I just. I guess I just didn't enjoy that part of it. I mean, I liked everything else about it. I just didn't like that part, how like it almost made me less feminine, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I felt less feminine when I was doing it. So I'm like, okay, screw that. And then I went and did something else. Aww. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, that's just me. I have to say, I imagine that a lot of the people who I don't hear from, I mainly hear from people who are like, this changed my you know, how I feel about my body and I think about my body in a different way that is at least more detached from uh, what it looks like. Like my body suddenly has more value to me beyond what it looks like. And that's Mm -hmm. mainly like the people who glom onto my newsletter and my columns are tend to be the ones who are sort of on that page. I hear Mm -hmm. far less from the people who um, where the overriding feeling is they don't like how they feel like or how they feel yeah, that they look. Um, and I think this is totally, if anything, more normal than the people who are who make mm-hmm. that one 180 degree turn fairly yeah. easily. But that's really it's tough. I mean, we are kind of operating under pretty stringent expectations totally. of how yeah. we look. Yeah. And it's very 100%. difficult to feel like you're to take on the role of the iconoclast and be like, I'm going to be the one who's going to like change the <laughs> perception of um, bigger women. There's lots yeah. of people who don't get to make that choice as well. And that's like also really um, quite difficult. I think there's a lot. I mean, like we, we've spoken about body positivity and like fat positivity. Mm-hmm. There's so many people sure. who, are, who are trying to like own that presentation in a space. But they I mean, they'll tell you it's not. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gender gender obviously plays a huge, 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 huge factor yeah. in this. And like, you know, coming from my perspective where it's like the things that I enjoy doing create a more masculine body type and aesthetic. So for me, mm-hmm. it's a very easy one to one. But for instance, going back to hammer throwing, I mean, I had teammates who were, I mean, actual Olympians who were you know, say like 6'4", 215 uh, Mm -hmm. women who were just elite at their sport and literally to the point where they were making a full living off of it. And I knew that they they hated their bodies because they considered them masculine, which to me was such a huge bummer because it was like, you are a literal Olympian, what people absolutely (laughs) dream 
to get to yeah. and you know you have an incredible skill and you still feel bad about it. I mean like mm-hmm. one do we have some sort of imperative to just break down those gender norms? I mean that's kind of how I feel despite doing not like a ton about it, but you know um <laughs> or I mean is there some I acquiescence mean, just I think a question I would ask here is do you feel the same way about even everyone but like other women where you feel like they like a, a, a given woman can look too big or is it mainly I focused on me. you? I think it's focused on me. Yeah, for sure. I was just like, nope. I was I was loving it that like I was kickboxing. I was actively like I could have hurt somebody if I really wanted to. <laughs> it was really fun. That's great. I just don't think I just I just couldn't like it just it just took a chunk out of my like femininity and I didn't want that anymore. I like think, I enjoy, enjoyed it. Yeah. I think this is like a I don't think that there's an answer in any particular place, yeah. but I think this is a fruitful line of inquiry, if you will, mm-hmm. that like <laughs> like thinking about Okay, I think lots of other people who do this stuff or who look this way look great. I don't judge them, mm-hmm. but I judge myself. Yeah. And like, why? Mm-hmm. Why is that? What caught? What like sort of leads to that thought pattern for mm-hmm. me? Like, I'm not a therapist, but I think this is like this is just like therapy, though. <laughs> you are you are now you are our now, therapist. You are now my therapist. Yes. I will. <laughs> I don't care if you're not licensed. Yeah, you're you're doing the work <laughs> okay. in that case. Right, Thank good. you for your emotional labor. I'm building my hour. My like sort of what do they have like. Uh, not cl- clin- maybe like, clinical like hours. F- clinical hours. I think it's flight hours. You need to fly for ten thousand hours before you can get a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. So I mean, obviously there there are so many freaking factors. Um, we talk about discourse maybe moving in the right positive direction, but the demand for people to lose weight uh, is still there. Or I mean, I would love to just see the term lose weight shift to be healthier mm-hmm. or be fitter or be happier uh, in whatever way, uh, shape, or form that takes. Um, but what would you say is like the most actionable advice? Just the easiest, simplest advice. If you want to make a positive change for your diet, nutrition, what have you, this new year, what do you do? That's a good question. I think, I mean, given all of this talk about how the sort of results-based goals can be a bit um, problematic in terms of execution, it's just like not that easy. Or it's not as easy as it sounds. Like lose 10 pounds sounds really snappy and like achievable, mm-hmm. but in the grand scheme, it's not really. I think a much better goal, type of goal to focus on is uh, a habit-based one. That's like, I'm going mm-hmm. to, you know, you can start as slow as you need, although I'm personally a fan of thinking about not trying to wedge exercise into like too small of the cracks in your life and like mm-hmm. trying to give it a little bit of a place of privilege. But like something like I'm going to go on a 20 minute walk three times a week or I'm going to go on a 10 minute walk every day is like one thing that I started doing during the pandemic because I was sitting all of the time. So I made it like a point to uh, walk for at least like just go around a couple blocks every single day. That's why you're making all the uh, all the TikTok content on the walks. (laughs) I love it. Okay, it makes sense. You can double you can multitask on those two. Yes, exactly. So I think something like that, something habit based. And then like I feel like you can trust you will see differences and how you feel and like maybe how you think about food or um the your body and like all of these things just from that like you don't have you can sort of trust in exercise to produce a different lifestyle without mm-hmm. having to worry about mm-hmm. the metrics of it you can just show up periodically but consistently and that will make changes for you i think yeah 
I think a lot of people, they get the analysis paralysis because, like you said, there's so much information, so much marketing coming at you all the time. Like the bodybuilding forums that told me my diet would be ruined if I ate fruit because there's too much sugar, which is horse hockey. (laughs) Um, I remember I had a roommate who was asking me about diet and exercise tips, and he was sitting there. And he was like, hey, man, is it true that I shouldn't do cardio after I lift weights because then all my gains are going to be gone? <laughs> and I'm like, no. Like, I mean, there. if you're an elite level bodybuilder, you may have whose income is literally tied to this, then like maybe. Um, but like not for you. No, not at all. And he's like, bro, is it true that like if I eat, don't eat carbs directly after a workout, if I don't have protein within a 20 minute window, the anabolic blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, you are sitting on the couch right now eating Taco Bell. Whatever you do is going to be better for your body than sitting on the couch and eating Taco Bell. Like, do not look at the micro things. Look at the macro things. Go on a freaking walk. If you if you are sweating, if you are breathing hard and if your muscles ache, any of those combination of those three things, you are doing something good for your body. You generally know what foods make you feel good and what foods make you feel bad. We we're talking earlier. If I eat a steak before bed, I feel like crap. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm not going to do eat steak before bed unless I really, <laughs> really want to, because there's the Pacific dining car has the steak that's half price after 11 p.m. Yeah, I've heard. Oh, mm, my yeah. God. never been. But anywho, yeah, I think I think a lot of people overthink it uh, in a way. And like you said, it's it's habit based things go on a walk 20 minutes a day yes we uh, get focused on the sort of like one weird trick things that i think yeah. even yeah. they because probably they sound easy it's like eat acai the superfood and then it'll you know do magical things but that's easier than maybe going on a walk but it's like it's really like the boring building blocks the things that the marketing stuff is not talking about is the mm-hmm. stuff that really makes a difference like it can be very simple it does not have to be complicated it doesn't have to be the the latest like Tracy Anderson tip or whatever the case may be it can just be very simple and straightforward you just have to show up that said buy Nicole's new seven minute abs plan <laughs> available only at mythical dot com <laughs> All right, Nicole and Casey, we've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the Twitterverse. It's time for a segment we call Opinions, Opinions are, are Like Casseroles. Wait, can I, can I start off with a hot food take can, that's yeah, about food and diet? Yeah, can. Go for it. When I see, like, uh, the real Fitspo people who are doing the chicken, broccoli, and rice diet, mm-hmm. right? That's what all the, like, Marvel actors who get really jacked for the roles are like, all I ate was chicken, broccoli, uh, rice for, sure. you know, nine months, whatever. There are so many delicious flavors that you can add that <laughs> don't change the nutritional value. Herbs, citrus, fish sauce, garlic, chilies, any hot sauce. I watched a friend who's like a pro athlete just squirt yellow mustard on rice. Yeah. And I was like, bro, soy sauce. Soy sauce is. People do mustard. What the hell? Why with the mustard? It's zero calorie, right? But so is is fish sauce. So is soy sauce. So is hot sauce. But it's so stringent. Yeah. It's like even if you were to introduce a little barbecue sauce in there, that's like, what, 50? calories maybe that's like Burns really not breaking the bank but they will no. they'll be so strict and it's very yeah. it's, it's too much someone's got to teach them someone's got to teach them how to make uh, nook trum the Vietnamese fish sauce condiment yeah uh, <laughs> anyways first up we got at gristle mcthornbody iceberg lettuce is awful and the burps I get from it taste like hot dumpster water Casey how are your iceberg burps wow <laughs> I've never experienced an iceberg burp in my life I don't think but I also don't eat iceberg lettuce you know, I'll have a slice on my <laughs> yeah. burger. I think that's my like sort of maximum engagement with iceberg lettuce. I would say so, but I enjoy I enjoy that. I like I'm I'm pro iceberg lettuce. I feel like, but I think I would 
you know, my advice to this guy might be don't don't eat quite so much iceberg <laughs> lettuce. Maybe we won't have the burps. How yeah. much iceberg do they eat? How much iceberg do you think? I'm imagining him just munching on a whole head of the couch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I even feel like that would be it. No, you know what? Oh, you know what's so good? A nice, um, that's the salad. salad. Yes. Oh, yes. salad. Incredible. So good. And I've never had burps from that either. So, I don't but like Those are delicious. <laughs> well, okay. if you eat a wedge salad, you're likely getting the blue cheese burps, mm. which are well, a delight. Well, that's a blue cheese burp. Um, they need to specify. <laughs> it's so funny. We're talking about my, my pre-bed steak. The last time I had one would have mm-hmm. been on Sunday. It was a late dinner at a steakhouse. It was about 9.30. I finished the last bite of steak, went to bed at 10.30. Couldn't sleep because of it. That said, Sorry. had a lovely iceberg wedge salad. It's mm. the king of lettuces. It is the absolute best. Yeah. The king of lettuces? Oh, well, oh, what's it? oh, what do you say, Nicole? Little gems, get the hell out of here. I'm a big, I'm a big arugula fan. Wow. Not even a lettuce. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Karma underscore chameleon says French fries dipped in malt vinegar is better than ketchup. Man, that's tough for me. I I disagree, but like I have respect for malt vinegar. I think malt vinegar tastes really good, and I would never say mm-hmm. no to it, even if it were the only thing. I I would I would be putting it on my fries, hundred percent. I like it, not better than ketchup, yeah. but I do like it with some salt. Mm. Yeah, this is a very British thing. This is a very like fish. This is a very chippy shop type of thing. The malt vinegar on the fries. Uh, I need some structure. I need give me a good mayonnaise, (laughs) a malt vinegar aioli, if you will. But to me, ketchup's it's a lovely complex sauce that we should put more respect on ketchup's damn name. A big ketchup fan. Big ketchup guy. At Roscoe and Grace, the only way to eat a grilled cheese is with bread and butter pickles on top. Atop the sandwich, huh? Atop. A top, a like top. on top, not inside in the cheese, with the cheese. Yeah. Hmm. A nice little pickle topper, so it hits the palate first. Are bread and butter pickles the sweet ones? Or mm-hmm. they're like sweet mm-hmm. and sour? Ooh, I have to disagree. I'm like a pretty strict, like, sour, salty only pickle. I don't really like, uh, like, I like the fancy other vegetables. Uh, pickles can be whatever flavor, but like a classic cucumber-based pickle to me, I don't really like when it's sweet. So I'm I'm out on this one. I think they just need to be remarketed. I think they need what to be remarketed as candied cucumbers. Candy, okay. <laughs> you know, I kind of like, like that. It's the way, right? Candy. And then you you're looking at it as a little sweet treat and not as a pickle because if you're comparing mm. like a, a kosher dill to bread and butter, there's not really a comparison. One gives you the salty, savory. One gives you sweet. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, wow, do I reach for that gingerbread Kit Kat or eat a nice bread and butter candied cucumber? <laughs> Those are substitute goods in my mind. I do no think way. pickles pickles and grilled cheese, like grilled cheese is an absolute top sandwich to pair with a pickle for sure. Yes, 100%. But it's to me it's to me it's bite then bite. I don't I yeah. mean I when my I need some tuna fish in here. Fam. <laughs> that's what my that's where my brain went. Get those need, macros, Nicole. I need a tuna melt. <laughs> okay. Sarah <laughs> underscore K26268 says Borson garlic and fine herbs cheese and apricot jam in a sandwich slaps so hard. Read that again for Forsen cheese. Borson. 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 Oh, cheese. okay. Have like, you ever had Borson cheese? Borsin. Yeah. Goat goat cheese. Yeah, I think so. It's is like it? hot fire flames. It's something. Yeah, it's just one of those spreadable <laughs> cheeses that like we think is fancy in America, but in France, it's like what they're putting in kids' lunchboxes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, a goat cheese and jam is a classic pairing for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely that. on that page. Hundred percent. I started fist pumping when I like read this. I was like rooting <laughs> for it because that just sounds. Maybe I'm just really hungry right now. Sounds really good. Which I think is the case. But damn. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing on the Borsan and the jam. <laughs> All right. This this speaks to my lifestyle. This is bitter Audi die. Finger food is best enjoyed laying on the couch. Allowing yourself to be relaxed really elevates the dish. I agree. I get really frustrated when 
whatever I'm eating dictates sort of sitting up a little bit. I really want to mm. be just lying back and I often can't do it. So I'm kind of like up on one elbow on the couch with the coffee, like reaching to the coffee table. And I'm like, this is not quite the experience that I wanted. So I think I agree, but I would like more info about how to actually lie back and enjoy it because I can't <laughs> functionally do it most of the time. This is some Marie Antoinette stuff. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like You don't get like, it? I mean, I'm going to choke. I choke drinking water so? standing up. Wow. You think I can eat like a Ritz? All the best monarchs just died of gout. They died doing what they loved. <laughs> I mean, that's the goal. But like, it's so hard to like think about eating like a, like my mind went to Ritz. <laughs> Like eating a Ritz, like reclined. <laughs> well, like I want to be clear. I'm not. I'm not fully vertical. You're. You're kind of. No, you're like, like a, propped up. Yeah, I get that. Like in a so, hospital bed sort of situation. Yeah. We should just get a hospital <laughs> bed in our living room. That doesn't sound sexy at all. <laughs> that sounds so sexy. Be eating lime jello in a hospital bed, watching murder she wrote. Yeah. With the socks, the comfy socks. They I give think. You? I think my New Year's resolution diet is going to be. Make all of my meals more couch friendly. Mm. Because here's the other factor. We just got a white couch and I'm not allowed to eat chocolate on the couch. couch. We got a white couch. Yo, with my lifestyle. Why did you get a white of all the colored couches? You go with white? I eat so many saucy foods. That all my dinners are so saucy. That couch is going to be a light tan in like two weeks. Julia doesn't let me eat on the couch. I got to eat on the crappy pink chair. She's smart. Because that way the spaghetti sauce will blend in if I spill it. (laughs) Okay. Hey, it's Joseph. Double zero says a cup of hot coffee with Doritos equals certified bussin. A cup of hot coffee with Doritos. Hmm. I used to have, when I was in college, there was one class where every time I would get hot tea with milk and cheddar and sour cream chips, which is pretty close to what he's saying. So I think I am actually on this page also. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the flavor combination that most speaks to me and it was similarly in college I would eat two pizza bagels and a quart of coffee every morning Ugh. that was just it it was uh, again talking about dirty bulking really the putting on some great mass pizza bagel for breakfast is quite I a move I love pizza bagels I oh was, my god it was I the closest thing to like it was morning. literally on the way from practice to a class there was a cart that sold bagels and the most high calorie bagels you could get there was a pizza bagel you know figured the extra fat you know was helping me out uh, and so I would get two 16-ounce coffees and two pizza bagels and just slam them in like an intro <laughs> to philosophy class. And you know what? It was great. It was a delight. The the, <laughs> the spiciness of the pepperoni, spiciness of the Doritos kind of like amps up that coffee flavor. I'm in. Yeah. I like your version more, Casey, with the tea <laughs> and the sour, cre- sour cream and cheddar chips. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally with it. But like the, the like hot black coffee with the Doritos, I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> it's almost like masala chai. Oh, Whatever. You know what I mean? No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. All right. At Orton Malena, guava paste and cream cheese is the best dessert ever. Cubans know what's up. Yes. Yes. Oh, mm. man. A guava and cream cheese pastry is so good. Um, yeah. I went to Puerto Rico a few years ago, and that's like a very common flavor combo there. And it's just incredible. Very underrated mm-hmm. here in the States, I think. True. Super. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't have that until I went to Miami for like a, a book festival a couple of years ago. Uh, me gusta los pastelitos mm-hmm. en español. Muy bien. Uh, gracias, Nicole. Gracias. <laughs> um, but no, for real. I mean, we don't get a ton of uh, Cuban food. We don't get a ton of we have some Caribbean. Good Cuban, but we don't have enough of like dank ass pastries. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Portos. Portos is Portos, good. Portos. Portos make some dank ass Cuban pastries. Yeah. I I'm love in. the. Mem- I just like my mom used to just buy the membrillo paste and then just like put on a piece of bread. Mm, God, so I need good. some guava paste in my mouth. More people need later. to eat guava paste. You're right. 
Pure J Shot says, refried beans are just Mexican-style hummus. Yes, but there's nothing wrong with that either. That sounds yeah. great. A <laughs> refried a beans, hum, like a hummus-style refried beans implementation, I could see. I think they're saying refried beans is refried beans equals hummus. Well, like let's. I think it equals it. Well, yeah, it do, I mean, like it in does. a way, it does. Like hundred percent, yeah. it does. Well, just like it depends on what flavors you're because, like hummus, right? Uh, one hummus is just Arabic for chickpea. Yes. So anytime yeah. someone's saying like edamame hummus, it's like, well, you know, if it ain't chickpea, is it hummus? That's a whole nother debate. Uh, but like the flavors of hummus, tahini, lemon, garlic, yeah, refried beans. Lard. What do you got? Onion, chili, lard. Mm. Yeah, that's an easy swap. That's an easy swap out for yeah. me. The lard takes the place of the tahini. That's money. Also, I would eat refried beans over damn near any side in the entire world. Yeah. I really like refried. I don't eat enough refried beans. All right. At Fotato Potato So. Hell of a name. Frozen bananas over non-frozen bananas. Wow. It's paleo time. I need a moment with that one. I don't. <laughs> mm, hmm. I like both. I like both, really. I love a frozen banana. It has its implementations, but I like a fresh banana, too. I don't know. Frozen bananas can be like a sort of ice cream substitute if you blend them, which I've been doing more of that, and I'm into it. I think it tastes good, and the texture's good. The- I like both. <laughs> I like both. I love regular banana. Regular banana. I like uh, non-frozen bananas, but like for a smoothie, I have like a pack of like frozen bananas that I throw in there. So I like regular bananas more. Yeah, it's it's once the regular bananas get too ripe, then you put them in the freezer, and then yeah. you got you, you got both. I I want to reclaim um, these food substitutions that people consider substitutions that have had like uh, these bad eras in diet culture stuff, mm-hmm. like frozen bananas being blended in ice cream, or avocados being blended in pudding, or mm. spaghetti squash instead of spaghetti, or mashed cauliflower puree instead of potatoes. They don't need to be substitutes. Like, I love cauliflower puree. It's a delight. I don't think it's potatoes. I love spaghetti squash. It is neither good as spaghetti nor is it good as squash. If you consider a coleslaw potato, it's a good-ass vegetable. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love blending frozen bananas. It's a nice little treat. (laughs) I'm reclaiming them outside of the orthorexic diet structure in 2022. Yes, that's great. I love that. I agree. (laughs) Up top. I'm giving you a high Hell five. Yeah. What? I can't see. I'm blind with headphones on. I'm like a horse. <laughs> All right. And on that note, thank you for listening to A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. If you want to hear more from us here in the Mythical Kitchen, we got new episodes for you every Wednesday. If you want to be featured on Opinions Are Like Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at Mythical Chef or Zada with the hashtag Opinion Casserole. And for more Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube where we launch new videos every week. And of course, if you want to share pictures of your dishes or your New Year's resolution diets, hit us up on Instagram at Mythical Kitchen. I hope we get some weird stuff. They should yeah. bring back the Mark Twain diet where you have to chew every bite of food like 90 times. Yeah. Let's get some old school like red wine and boiled egg diets in the <laughs> 1700s. All right, Casey, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Uh, really insightful conversation. Um, where where can people find you? Anything you want to plug? Now's the time. Sure. My newsletter is called She's a Beast. She's a Beast.co uh, on Substack. And my Twitter is at Casey Johnston, my name. And my Instagram is at Swole Woman. Hell yeah. And uh, awesome. I will also be plugging it just because I, th- I think it's a great resource for anybody trying to get started and also just looking for like a refreshing change in the way that people talk about diet and exercise because I know it's such a, a weird space to be in so I'll also post a link on my Instagram and Twitter so uh, come find that awesome thank you right. thank you see y'all next time bye Casey bye